I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill Matz. i am a director of fun and games for the evening top 25 under 25 gets underway tonight we have all sorts of stuff uh we finally signed robert haig so i guess uh, off-season business is officially closed until the start of training camp so let's just jump right into it uh let's start with the introductions let's go ladies first night since there is only one joining us uh you won't be able to confuse her with kelly that's Steph just Steph Driver. So I've been doing some looking on Cap Friendly, and uh, the Flyers are a top 10 team in projected cap space. I think, so, that, I, think I saw sixth today. Sixth. So before they signed Robert Haig, they were fifth. Yeah. And, uh, they're, and they're soon going to be fifth again whenever Toronto signs William Elander because that's going to jump. That's Oh, yeah. So they're going to be fifth. And, like... That's incredible. From the team that was easily bottom three for, God, the last ten years or so. It was was all these teams. They were lumped in with all these teams that had these commitments to players who'd, like, won them cups. And then the Flyers, who were just like, yeah, we got got Briz. (laughs) So the only piece that's a little bit concerning about this is the five teams, out of the five teams that are under them, which means they have more cap space. Three of them are in our division. That's uh, that's a lot of room to pick up some quality free agents. I guess the, the three. I guess the, the po- Islanders, yeah. the Hurricanes, and the Devils. The positive yeah. thing there is, though, I don't know how many of those teams would actually spend the money. Well, there's also like that. in terms of internal budget. Like Carolina definitely is on an internal budget. The Islanders right now probably are. Like maybe that'll change. Yeah, they, they may be. They able to. That might change when they get the arena because yeah. that'll up the revenues. And the, the Devils, Islanders, I mean, who goes to see yeah. them? The Islanders should just be on a budget right now because, like, yo, start over. Yeah, true. And the Devils. Uh, I yeah. I feel like the, the Devils, Devils kind of yeah. doing nothing was a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah. Just because, like, they have so much space. I'm not saying spend. But they it are. A, They're the top team in cap yeah, space. I'm not saying spend to the limit, but you got almost $20 million sitting yeah. there. Yeah. Like, you didn't bring back Patrick Maroon. They have they have nearly double the cap space that the Flyers do, and like, what the hell are you guys doing? Wait, up where there? are the Coyotes? The Coyotes are too below. Like the Coyotes oh, okay, do not cool. have any problem reaching the cap floor. Yeah. Like yeah. that's been yeah. it has been a narrative for a while, but like, no, they don't need help. Like they they're use, fine. The Coyotes use their cap space On as an asset, so yeah. it's like yes, they are at the contract we'll, limit though. Yeah. Like they are the only one that has fifty contracts. We'll right take now. on your stupid contract if you give us something, but like we're not doing it because we have to get to the cap floor. We just want you to give us something. I'm just so fascinated by the Devils because like with the Flyers, I can buy why they have all this cap space because there's this idea that well we're going to have to pay all these kids soon and they're good. Like Nico, yes, Nico is going to get paid. He's going to get a lot of money when his contract expires. Like, how good do they think From these kids? How good do they think these kids are? Like, Pavel Zaka is not that good. Miles Woods, okay. Jesper Bratz, whatever. Contract. Like, like yeah, you got to save up the money for those guys. Like, they're not going to get paid that much because they're not that good. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're not. Oh, let's let's throw it over to you now from theAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I did a Q&A session on Friday at the uh, theathletic.com. Uh, first one was like a live Q&A session for about an hour. It was, it was a good time. Um, and the vast majority of the questions were pertaining to the current Flyers team. But against all odds, I received a question out of nowhere about 
Eric Gustafson. Yes. <laughs> the defenseman that Craig Berube did not think was good enough to play over Hal Gill in the playoffs the like Gus four bus, years ago. Baby, the Gus Bus. So I actually get a real charge out of his like folk hero status among online Flyers. And I think it really is limited to the online portion yeah. of the Flyers fan base. There's just like this feeling that Gus was this guy that everybody really liked. And then, you know, feeling that he never got a fair shot. So nobody really forgets about him. But or everybody, everybody kind of forgets about him. But I think it really had a lot to do with the fact that he got his NHL start during an era when the team really had no prospects. He was a, it was a college free agent. He had a good year in the AHL. He scored like 40-something points. And fans love prospects. And it's it was hard to get excited about any of them during that era because they didn't have any draft they picks. Yeah, they, so they didn't have any. So Gus was kind of like, okay, we have all this pent-up frustration. We don't have any prospects, so let's get excited about this guy. And he just became a thing. But what's funny to me is like times have changed so much. Like, where would a prospect of his caliber be on a Flyers prospect list now? Like, Mark Friedman-ish? Like, he's around, you know, like the like 15 to 25 range on most prospect lists with the Flyers. And that's basically what Gus was. You know, maybe he had more, it was, you know, maybe he had a better year, his better first year in, in the AHL. But, like, around that range, it's crazy to think that just, like, five years ago, he was a six, five, six, seven years ago, he was, like, a top five prospect in Philadelphia. It just shows how much things have changed. But leading into this, anyway, I looked up his player card on EliteProspects.com, and apparently our boy, after three years in the KHL and one year in between in the Swiss League, he's going back home to play in Sweden in the SHL this year. So good luck to you, Eric Gustafsson, and may your cult status on Flyers Twitter never diminish. So, uh, go ahead. And I was just gonna make a joke. He died a hero. Oh, he didn't. Get, he didn't. He didn't live long enough to see himself become the villain. Fair point. Like Jason Ackerson lived long enough to see himself become the villain. It's like, ah, oh, this guy doesn't even care to play defense. <laughs> he can't skate for shit. I was like, gonna ask if it was uh, Eric Gustafson that asked you about Eric Gustafson. I mean, or it, Derek. That Gustafson. that wasn't the name that popped up. Like right. we get the first name and the, and the first initial. <laughs> we get the first name and the first initial. But hey, I mean, he could be using an alias. It was Craig Barubi trying to be yeah. like, oh yeah. Where, where, <laughs> That guy now, numbers boy. <laughs> oh, God. You know, a name that I saw today that I haven't seen in a very long time, Marcel Nobles. Yeah, he oh, got yeah. like a coaching gig, right? There was there were rumors about something with him and the Bruins. Oh, he wait, I'm thinking somebody else. This is, there was another. Oh, uh, Le, uh, Le, Stefan Lejean, was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Nobles is like back in the NHL now? Maybe, or like in like maybe. an NHL organization because he was like, over in Germany for a while. He was so his agent like said something about the Bruins and then took it back and nobody really knows what's going on. That's huh. good. That's if I was an agent, but like I haven't seen I haven't seen his name. It's yeah. well, why did he years. leave again? Well, um, he was all right. Well, I think he just un- all right unconditional waivers for the purpose of terminating his contract in 2014. Yeah, I think he just didn't. There was no future there, like in Philly, because I don't think he was able to crack the Phantoms lineup. Like, no, I think he, he, was... he he didn't actually. He was he was assigned like, to the Reading Royals that yeah, his last when was season. That? Yeah, 2014. Well, I was gonna say oh, I remember geez. watching uh, with the uh, Trenton Titans. Like really? Yep. Way Tw- uh, yeah. He was there 2012, 2013. Ah, yep. uh, the Trenton Titans. The... Yeah. Didn't they win the, the ECHL? They, they won did, the yeah. ECHL championship the year the Phantoms won the Calder Cup, and there was no NHL. So for one year, the Flyers were the best team in hockey without there being a Flyers playing. Ah, you just heard him right there. He's at Sports Are Bad, Craig Forsyth. So I think this is going to be like my first serious one since I've been here. But I was going to ah, just talk about Jay O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> just talk about Jay O'Brien for a second because uh, – when I was doing the prep stuff for the the draft this year, I, I came across his name, and he was rejected to be a third-round pick, and I was pretty excited about him. I wanted the Flyers to take him. I didn't think he was going to get taken at 19th overall, but he uh, did pretty good at the World Junior Summer uh, Showcase last week, and uh, just it's a positive step forward, I guess, and kind of showed that he could play with kids that weren't high schoolers in Boston. So I'm kind of excited to see what he does at Providence. That's He's an exciting player. Yeah, uh, but, I, it's yeah. kind of tough to gauge how good he actually yeah. is, just because of the talent level he's played so far. It's going well with uh, what he's played against, but yeah, again, yeah, it's going to be fun to see him in his freshman year. I think we'll get yeah. a, we'll get a better read, and not to say that like if he doesn't dominate in his freshman year that he's a bust, because right. not every you know college That's person exactly dominates in his I'm freshman saying. year. But uh, <laughs> there's, what, a, there's a couple guys. There is one thing that I want to note about this because yeah. Like okay, he took the win out of my I, didn't, I didn't watch. <laughs> I didn't watch all of the all, all of the summer showcase, but I watched 
almost every single game that was televised. And there seems to be this like narrative on Twitter that like Jay O'Brien was unbelievably good in this tournament. Like he was good, and it's good to see that he that his his skill set translates to higher level competition in a showcase. He wasn't incredible. Like let's not let, let's not blow this out of proportion. Farabee was better than O'Brien in the, in in these games. O'Brien was fine. He was good. He showed flashes of 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 legitimate interest in terms of being a prospect. But like let's not blow this up. You're like, see, look how smart the Flyers are because Joe O'Brien tore it up at the summer summer showcase. Like he was good. That's good. But he wasn't like. Connor McDavid good or anything. Yeah, he. I, I only saw the highlights. He had two goals. The one was pretty good. Yeah. He laid out somebody, and also it is like six games in August. Yeah, I mean, not, it's, yeah, it's I mean, not even know. that meaningful to begin with. And like, right. but it's it's fine. He was good. Just let's not act like yeah. he was unreal. Right. And it's again patience with a guy like him. Uh, we're gonna get into it when we start talking about some of the prospects. Um, Maybe he, maybe Jay O'Brien is like a project. You can afford a project. Yeah. You have so, no, like, yeah, you can. so many of these guys are never going to get here. It's fine to have one that projects a little down the line. A yeah. little down the line. I, um, I, you know what I think it is? It's the first time a lot of people have really gotten to see him play. Yeah. yeah that's I think he's a high school is, yeah. player. There's no. Yeah. And, and yeah. nobody knew to even, well, I mean, the, the people who were really into the draft knew to pay attention, but everybody else really well, didn't. So I think that's probably why everyone was like, oh my God, look at this there's, guy there's that we really, have. And there's nothing, I mean, because he played high school hockey, there's nothing out there on him. Like when I know. Like Noah Cates last looked. year, yeah, it's the only thing on Noah Cates was that ridiculous goal he had in overtime, and that that's it. I his, mean, His teddy bear goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, I know all about that one. <laughs> there's like, I, I I watched the one thing, there's like a 25-minute clip of like one of Jay O'Brien's like isolated game highlights, and I watched some of that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. watch the whole thing. No, I, I watched a good portion of it. Yeah, that. so, and he looked good in that. Well, game. Craig, after the draft, I put together a complete multimedia overview of all of the draft players, which had video, and like that was all that I found for Jay O'Brien. <laughs> I'm just saying. You could have gone there. So I want to, uh, I just want to quickly, and this won't be quick, and I'm going to spend way too much time on this. because That's Eric all right. Carlson, it's August. Eric Carlson isn't going to be a flyer in all likelihood. Yeah, th this is just like your thing like that now, you turn it into your yeah, thing. Like, so no, you, no, might, you might as well just own I'm it at building this point. off of Steph's point of all the cap space we have, and I want to get into, uh, on top of that point, Steph, I want to get into this conversation I had on Twitter with Dave Isaac. Uh, and now Dave Isaac is very good at his, I think he's very good at his job. One of the few beat writers... Uh, uh, with a traditional publication whose stuff I can even like take reading. Like I, this isn't some anti Dave Isaac thing. It was just a conversation uh, that I had with him on Twitter and we disagreed. And it, this idea that somehow acquiring Eric Carlson, what, what, what was the conversation? That's what I'm getting. Oh, okay. Sorry. This idea that he put forward that somehow acquiring Eric Carlson would put the flyers back into salary cap. Hell salary cap jail again is just absolutely freaking silly because the reason they were in this really, really tough salary cap situation to begin with is they were paying guys who didn't deserve the money. Like Vinny LeCavalier was bad. Ilya Brzezgalov <laughs> got bought out. Like Nick Grossman, Luke Shen, these guys weren't good enough. So you were oh, like Andrew McDonald getting five million dollars is a travesty. That's why they were in cap jail because they were paying a couple of good players, Drew and Voracek, and then a bunch of shitty players to be okay players. And they weren't okay players; they were shitty players. So the idea that that's even relatable to Eric Carlson, who coming off of an injury and suffering a terrible personal tragedy for which, after he came back from, he was harassed by one of his teammates' fiancés, led all defensemen in points per game. So he is in no way comparable to any of those guys who had put the Flyers in salary cap hell to begin with. Secondly, oh. the Flyers, as Steph said, <laughs> have over $10 million in cap space. The cap is continually going up. Losing just three guys who they're probably going to lose anyway in Laterra, in Simmons, and in, goddammit, Michael Roffle. I couldn't remember the third one. That's like $11 million right there. That's what Eric Carlson's going to get. So you afford it by losing three guys you might lose. Two guys you're definitely going to lose. And a third one you could afford to lose, especially if you're bringing in goddamn Eric Carlson. After that, 
You're losing more guys. Dale Weiss, off the cap. Radko Gudis, off the cap. Andrew McDonald, off the cap. So you're looking at like 30 million. Mm. You're not killing yourself if you get Eric Carlson. You can still fit in Nolan Patrick. You can still fit in Travis Konechny. You can still fit in all these guys. Ivan Provorov, it will work. And like we talked about on Ice Sport, like concerning the Chicago Blackhawks and how they, while it is now they are in salary cap hell, while they were kind of, you know, getting along in this dynasty thing, their GM did a good job of, hey, these guys are who matters, and we can let some other guys go, and we can continue to win. You're going to have to make tough decisions. And they made them, and it worked. That's what the Flyers are going to have to do, and acquiring Eric Carlson won't stop them from doing it. All right, so I've got like five things to say because you just kept going and bringing up new topics for me to refute. So the first thing is that, you're number one, you're right. Like, let's let's get that the, just, oh, the overarching the opinion. overarching like you're Taylor, right Taylor cut that part up that's now our only and, intro and the show is now over I have retired so this is this is one of the reasons why I poke fun at Kelly every week hi Kelly from a boat or to wherever <laughs> Kelly is floating she on a boat she's not listening she'll listen tomorrow okay she'll listen tomorrow um it's okay to have contracts for more than two years when the players are good. Like it's okay to commit money and term to players that are good. You don't want to commit money and term to uh, Nick Grossman, Ilya Brizgalov, all of the guys that you mentioned. That's who you don't want to commit long-term to, but the Flyers have. So everyone has PTSD about it. I get it. Um, The next step is people will immediately say, yeah, you've got $10 million in cap space and however much for next year, but you need to re-sign Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny and all of these guys. Yes, you do, but it's not going to be this much. It's not going to be $20 million worth of contract Except extensions. Pro- Provorov's the only one who might get the big number right away. But if it is, but if it is, if it is worth $20 million in cap space for these guys, if it is... For a player like Eric Carlson, you fucking make it work. Yeah. You make it work. Whether it's you trade somebody like a Jake Voracek for nothing. And I'm not Charlie suggesting. Charlie just recoiled. I'm not suggesting that they do that, but he's got a, a big cap number. Um, now, if you have other guys who are producing at his level and you want to fit in Eric Carlson, who's a legit superstar, you, you might have to make those. You of make it work, yeah. which is what you said about the Blackhawks. Kind of like yeah. you as a GM, you do have to make the tough decisions. And for Eric Carlson, who immediately makes any team that he goes to at least a lock for the playoffs. If, except Ottawa. <laughs> except for <laughs> Ottawa. But there's, I mean, the, the AHL senators. Um, you, you do what you have to do. You do whatever it takes. And that's like the argument I got in with, with Isaac. And it wasn't even an argument. It was just he was saying like, oh, yeah, because I was saying, yeah, you're going to let three guys go in Laterra, in Raffle, and in Simmons. Trade Gudis. Barry Weiss. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, mess with five guys to, to like, account for one. So, all right, well, four of them are um, inconsequential completely, just completely inconsequential, and Wayne Simmons is 30 and going to get overpaid. I don't even think you'd have to trade Gudis. Like, you, if, if you, 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 making... you could have. You could keep him and Weiss if you really want to. Oh, yeah. But it, it's not necessary. Really no, yeah. this was just kind of getting four birds stoned at once here. I was like, how can we get better and get rid of these guys? <laughs> Look, my only concern, and in the end, like, if you have a chance to get Eric Carlson, get Eric Carlson. My, my, my only concern about adding Eric Carlson is this. I do worry about having... You already have Drew and Voracek going into their 30s on massive deals hit, it, during the period of their career that's going to be the decline phase. And now you'd be adding another guy who you're going to have to sign to an eight-year deal or a seven-year deal if you get him in free agency into that situation. And I do think there's a, there's something to be said about knowing a player before you lock him up to a deal that takes that risk. Like, you signed Giroux because you knew who he was. You knew who he was as a person. You knew his medicals front and back. You knew his training methods. Like, you you made a bet, but your bet was based off of what you knew about him, the person, him, the player, him, the athlete. 
to get at Eric Carlson, you'd have to risk it. I mean, you, you trust that he's a good dude. You trust that, but you don't know. So you are taking a bit of a leap of faith there, and you combine that with the leaps of faith you already took with Drew and Voracek. Yeah, you start getting a little hairy. At the same time, it's still Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it's it's still a risk worth taking, but I, I don't think the risk should be completely washed away because, you know, what is what is Carlson now? Carlson now 27? is... He is 28. Turned 28 in May, so you will be signing him as a 29-year-old until he's 36. So, like, That's fine with me. I mean, yeah, in the end, you, you do it. Do they, though? Some of them do, some of them don't. I mean, he does Good have the injury do. history, but... What was that? Yeah, his but ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but like, and yeah, and he led all defensemen in points no, per I, game coming I, I, off that injury. <laughs> I still yeah, want him. Cool. Like, I'm saying, do whatever it takes. Uh, do whatever it takes. Sign him for eight years. Like, I'm fine with it. But I'm just saying that. Look, when you when you boil it down to like. I'm cool with having Drew and Voracek going into their 30s on these big deals because my thought process is like all the kids will will, will account for that. You yep. know, you'll have Provorov signed through his 20s. You'll have Patrick signed through his 20s. You'll have Connecting signed through his 20s. You'll have the other defensemen that turn out to be good signed through. You'll have Ghost signed through his 20s. So you have a lot of guys signed for long-term deals, but they're signed through their actual primes. Hashtag be bold. You add in Carlson, then it's like, okay, well, now you're immediately an older team. You're truly an older team, especially if you trade for him because you're going to have to trade away a couple guys, a couple of the young guys to get him. Are you now, though? Like, I yes. feel like he can be had for Matthew Strome at this point. No. I, I, I feel like the reason why he hasn't been traded is because Ottawa is holding out for a, a lot. And come trade deadline when they don't get it. Just well, yeah, well, come tra- trade deadline is a different ballgame. Right. I'm talking about, like, in right August. Now. Yeah. All right, wow. It's almost 10 o'clock. Pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Uh, oh, God. Robert Haig. I, do you hate their little inside jokes that nobody bit. gets the way that I do? <laughs> like, a lot? Robert Haig uh, re-signed two years. This is uh, basically what we saw coming. It's good. Yeah. I think um, Matt Cain, who has a, a free agency predictor model, had Haig coming in. If he signed a two-year deal, had him coming in at like $1.23 million. Cain, the Giants pitcher? That's what he's up to now? Yeah, that guy. I always hated Matt Cain, the pitcher. Son of a bitch. Despised him. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> So this is about what he was projected in the model, and I wanted a two-year contract. So this is exactly what I want. It gives gives the Flyers two years to figure out exactly what they have in Robert Haig if he improves and turns into a legitimate top four second pair type guy. They got him on a cheap deal, and as I said before, because he doesn't score many points, I don't think he's ever going to get a gigantic contract, mm-hmm. even if he actually improves. But then I'll feel more comfortable giving him like a four or five year deal after this. And if he doesn't, and if he's still like a number six, number seven type guy, you're paying him a mil point one five. Like that's fine for that role. So I like it. Yeah, great. It's not three mil. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Perfect. Exactly what I wanted. More thoughts, gang? Uh I, do you think he's going to be on the team in two years after this contract? <laughs> yeah. Oh, after this, well, I mean, he'll still be an RFA. I guess it's possible that, like, depending on how the other prospects go, he could get traded. But that's you, could say, for you, could, well, you could say that for everyone. Though. Yeah, and also McDonald should be gone. Yeah, McDonald. I mean, yeah. unless they decide he's coming back, which he's I be mean, the head oh coach my god, in two years. Yeah. I will lose <laughs> my mind right here if well, that cause... happens. I'm coming to the studio. What Marin's like the <laughs> best left-handed prospect in the system right now, and then Myers is on the right. Uh, so, well, I mean, yeah, I guess if you're not oh, considering Sanheim, right-handed, Freeman's well, right. Yeah, Sanheim. Yeah, yeah. I guess Sanheim. Yeah, I, I, I guess I was considering like Sanheim's already up. Yeah, I, I, I should. I be, hope he's. But the great, the great Sanheim yeah. question. Sanheim, yeah. If Sanheim gets sent back down <laughs> to the AHL, I'm also taking over the studio. Absolutely no way. Like, well, there's a way. Sandheim is now here. Like, I, yeah. he, it's it's a it's it's listen. A, one, it's, it's one would think the great fear of the summer. That's that's it. There's there's <laughs> there's no way his PDO is going to be as bad as it was last year. He's gonna he's gonna stick it out. Yeah, right I just don't have. I I've got the confidence in Hextall. I don't have the confidence in Hextall. We'll see. I love the Robert Haig deal. I think it's great for him. Um, it's not too much, and he's got two years to prove it. I think it's good. Kelly loved it. I know two Kelly years. Did, it was two years. <laughs> and so uh over <laughs> It could have been two years for ten million and she would have been like, Two years, it's fine. She's two not years. here to defend herself. <laughs> Kelly, I love you. Uh so over at BroadStreetHockey.com, the website BroadStreetHockey.com, uh, we have started unveiling this summer's top 25, under 25, Flyers, prospects, and youngsters. Uh how do how do we want to get started here? I guess just kick it off with 
to number 25, Noah Cates. He has quite the knack for sick goals. <laughs> He's uh, pretty good. I actually, I had him ranked at 22. He's a guy that I've liked for a long time. And, and by that, I mean Dev Camp last year. Um, and I haven't been able to watch as much of Cates as I would like to, but I, I think that he made a lot of good development this year, and I'm really excited to see him in college. Yeah, yep. I, I didn't have him ranked, and I feel after just Me watching neither. a little bit of the uh, Summer Showcase, although drawing too much from it, again, it's six games in August. <laughs> but he looked good, and he has nice hands, and he looks like he can skate and everything, so it looks like even if he's not a top-end guy, if he's a bottom six player who you got in the, what, fifth round? Awesome. Good find. You found a contributor in the fifth round of the draft. That's hard to do. Uh, it looks like he might be a nice little player. And again, knack for sick goals. He had that nice between the legs goal. Yeah. Uh, the, there's that ridiculous overtime goal that we referenced uh, earlier from his high school career. That it's was the just teddy bears. absolutely unbelievable. But I, I was he looks like a nice player. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that he made this list. I I believe I had him at the tail end of my prospect list that we did for for the athletic. He didn't make the our top twenty. Uh, but then there were some guys in there that really wouldn't, you know, some people wouldn't consider prospects like Limblom and Lyon and Stolars. Uh, I like Cates. I think he's a he's a cool lottery ticket. I view him right now still more as a lottery ticket, but I'm intrigued to see how he performs in his freshman year because it's almost it's funny they they took Tanner Lazinski. He was they took him like he got passed over in his first draft, and then they took him his second year of eligibility, and he had like. What should have been his draft plus one year he spent in the USHL, then he jumped as a freshman after right after he was drafted to Ohio State and had a big year in the, with, with Ohio State and made the world junior champ, junior team for USA as a bottom sixer type. And it seems like Kate is almost taking the similar route except for the fact the Flyers drafted him a year early. They drafted him because Kate's got drafted out of, basically out of high school, then he wanted to spend one year in the USHL and then go to college. So his progression right now is looking kind of similar to Tanner Lozinski, and I'm a big Tanner Lozinski fan. So hopefully Kate has a, has a big freshman year for Minnesota Duluth. That'd be cool. Because they're a good team. Yeah, I was a big fan of uh, Kate's going in the 2017 draft, and I I didn't rank him this year. I think it would have put him like 27th or 28th, but I, he didn't have like an overwhelming season in the USHL. And again... Not a lot of video out there on it. It wasn't bad stuff. though. He finished like nine, no, no, ninth was, in points. Yeah, it it's was not fine, it's not yeah. a terribly high scoring league. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And uh I don't know. I, I I think the offensive upside is there, but we'll see how he does at university. Because there's they have a I put down a couple names from my University of Minnesota Duluth. They have uh Riley Tufty, Dylan Sandberg, and Nick Sweeney, who are all prospects. I recognize the name, even though I kind of forget. Tufty's with the Stars, and I think Sandberg's with the Sharks. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever like, seen these names before. Riley's well, they're, they're reigning. They're, they're the yeah. uh, national champ. Yeah, they want so, like, they're, they're, uh, okay. He's going to have some competition to like, get ice time, which if he comes through and gets point production there, I mean, then I'll be higher on Noah Cates than whatever I was this year. So Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, feel like I, higher I feel like I underrated him, but I will say it seems as if Hextall kind of has a knack for yeah. finding these guys the year before they break out. And I think that's where a lot of the optimism for Jay O'Brien comes from. I think we talked about it yeah. last week. Yeah. Uh, and then you see Noah Cates, same thing. Yeah, uh, Cates, I, I liked him at Dev Camp this year. He, I did two articles for The Athletic. One was, like, focused on the the big names, and the second was focused on, like, the the guys who weren't as well-known who I thought surprised me. And Cates was a guy who jumped out at me. He looked a lot stronger this year. He just looked like a—he like a, looked like he—maybe didn't necessarily take a leap. But he stood out to me a lot more this year than he did last year, and I got some videos of him like manhandling players. It was it was good. We've, I, been, yeah, trying, we've been trying for like a month to get Charlie's dev camp. Uh, yeah, we never really got to we that. We never get to it because <laughs> we just run out of time bullshitting every week. <laughs> we might have time today. We met. Uh, probably not, actually. Uh, before, <laughs> before we do number 24, I just got a uh, shout-out to Kurt for uh, kind of heading up the whole top 25, under 25 thing. He collects the ballots and does all the, you know, who's signing up for what to write the articles. And, Jesus, I want no parts of it. So, congrats. You, Neither you, do I. You do a great <laughs> job, Kurt. Because yeah. I looked at the – we get so many community votes. Yeah. Like, um, oh, my God, I don't want to – on all those yeah no Sounds kurt terrible kurt does a great job with this and keep up the good work kurt the draft stuff whatever steph's yeah. paying you isn't enough i'd hit her up for a <laughs> probably race probably <laughs> all right so number four i have no control over that i mean i do but 
Number yeah. 24, uh, I, I would have called him Friedman. Mark Friedman is what I would have called him because that's what it says. It doesn't say Friedman. It says Friedman. Bill, shut up. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> that says Friedman! You know how to say his name. Mark Friedman. You're just making a thing now. I'm oh my just God. saying. That's how, every time I write it, I have Charlie. to think. Every time I write it, I have to think, okay, it's not actually what it is, and I have to write it different. It's a normal name. A lot of people have the name Friedman. And it's spelled wrong. Oh, God. Anyway. All right. Mark Friedman. Number, <laughs> On that note. Mark Friedman, number 24 in our top 25 under 25. Uh, I think people had uh, higher hopes for him coming into his uh, his AHL debut. And maybe he didn't live up to them. But reading some of these notes from the article, uh, he sounds a lot like somebody else on the big club. We're expecting to... Uh, kind of have a breakout year in Travis Sanheim. I feel like the bad puck luck and yeah, you know, maybe his scoring numbers weren't there, but you look at the you look at the possession numbers and they definitely could be. Like it, it seems like maybe he's underrated still too. You know, I didn't have him ranked. Um if I were going to, he'd probably be in my top 30, but I didn't have him ranked. I I just don't know if there's ever going to be a spot for him in the NHL. See, I think what helps him there is the right-handed shot aspect. Yeah. Because, you know, right-handed shot defensemen are just valued like gold in this league. And when you add in the fact that he's like a, a plus-plus skater, like he, him and him and Myers were the best skaters, defense, defensemen at, at dev camp. And he, you know, I've talked to players on that team that have said he's he was the best skater on the Phantoms. Like, he is a fantastic skater. So a right-handed shot who can skate really well and isn't super small. Like, yeah, he's 5'11", but he's built. Like, he's he's got some weight on. So like, Is he thick? He's thick. Yeah, Hexel would definitely call him thick. Um, those guys, they get a, they're going to get a shot, and whether it's in Philly or not. But you know, Flyers, what? Myers is a right-hand defenseman. Aside from him, like, all the other young guys are lefties. So you would think that at some point, My, uh, Freeman if he progresses, will get a chance, whether it's as an injury call-up or even on the third and, there. Yeah, they've used yeah. Ghost on the right, but he's said he's more comfortable playing the left. I think he can play both. He like he's he's probably both. a righty long-term yeah. because it. You know, we've, you've talked about this, about it, it actually, you feel like it helps him in the offensive zone with the way he can get his shot off yeah. on the offside. And he's so good with the puck, it doesn't matter that he has to play on his backhand in the defensive mm-hmm. zone because, like, He's a puck wizard. Yeah, that's. Uh, but he's more comfortable on the left, but he probably, like you said, is a righty long-term. But yeah, other than that, I mean, y- you don't have a ton of options on the right side other than Phil Myers. So I think he does uh, factor in somewhere, and that's where I think the two-year deal for uh, for Haig kind of comes into play. It's like, all right, well, let's see what you got because we have other guys waiting in the wings too. How yeah. old is Mark Friedman? 23 ish because he stayed for a while in college yeah i, I know that he's he's new I, I had him 24 too man oh, he's 22 22 okay Brad, he's still young all right Brad sorry go Keffers, ahead Kiefer keffer uh, brad i don't know how to say your name i i keffer i think brad from the site has a nice uh phantom site that i use for everybody uses for advanced stats and he looked pretty good there yeah and he's uh the right-handedness does help i think in his chances of making the club and i factor that in so i think uh I, i'm, I'm kind of high on freeman i know Oh, something I got from Brad's article that I uh, just found really, I don't know, underrated is... Uh, is he it, ch- hold on. Brad's site, is it Fancy Stats with a yeah, PH? Fancy Stats, PH, yeah. Okay. Uh, he drew, Friedman, that is, drew 21 penalties and had a plus 14 penalty differential. Yeah, for a defenseman. And for, uh, for a defenseman to stay out of the box and still play with a little bit of a physical edge and it's big. Uh, agitate players yeah. into taking penalties yeah. uh, and be able to carry the puck and draw penalties, all things that are really valuable. Well, it's so. also just like defensemen defend. Yeah. So because yeah. they're playing without the puck a lot of times in their own zone, they tend to take more penalties than forwards. So if you have a defensive who can, can sustain a positive penalty differential, like Ghost is one of the few defensemen in the NHL who's been able to do that because it's really hard. If you get another one like that, that's a lot of hidden value there, which is cool. If, if it's real. Like it could just be yeah. fluky, but if it's real, that's awesome. Thanks for a pretty ideal third pairing guy too, I guess, if he's able to drive play and yeah. kind of can play. Because, I mean, the top four ideally would be Pro Carlson, 
Ghost <laughs> Myers. I mean, I, I appreciate and your dedication <laughs> to this spell. I really do. And Sandheim. Yeah. And uh, Friedman, yeah. Friedman. Or, or Friedman, yeah. yeah. Right. I, I, one, oh, point I, one point I'll make about Friedman. Don't is, encourage him. Yeah, right. Um, is that this is a, he's the, the shining example of why it was so awesome that Brad did the work he did this year. Because had we not had the information that he actually drove play and that he had things like a 14 penalty, a plus 14 penalty differential, we would have came away from fresh uh, from first season in the AHL, Mark Freeman, and think like, man, he really sucked. But having that information, you know, we kind of were able to look at him and be like, yeah, maybe the year didn't quite play out the way he would have wanted to. His plus minus wasn't that good. He didn't score a ton, but there's still something here with this guy. So that just give Brad the credit because it was his tireless work to get us that data. And now we know that Mark Freeman isn't a guy who just had a bad year. There was more going on below the surface. Number 20. Oh, actually, one more thing I oh, do, do want to mention about Friedman. I thought I was going to toss that back to the crowd. We're going to keep going. Oh, no, I think, <laughs> I mean, the, the work that Brad does is incredible. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, and you know, this is just one example of why looking deeper at the stats is important. Like, it is important past Corsi because you would think. Corsi actually means something. <laughs> um, it all means something. And, and you can take... <laughs> What you I see, that, yeah. <laughs> you can, you can take what I'm you see reform, yeah. using the eye test and, and try and figure out and look at the numbers. What's actually going on here? Sometimes it matches, sometimes it doesn't. And this is a case where it doesn't. So the last thing I wanted to mention, and this was something that I had heard this um, during the year, but it was interesting to me that Hextall kind of confirmed it. And this isn't like, I don't think there's anything bad going on here, but like, I had heard that Friedman just kind of they thought he kind of needed to do some maturing um, like on and off the ice just needed to needed to, you know, maybe get his focus a little bit better before he's ready to take the next step. And it was interesting to me that Hextall basically said that in his uh, post development camp interview it says Friedy needs to be more consistent in his preparation and the little things in the game professionalism, but he's come a long way. So like. There's, you know, it, he probably does just need to mature, you know, maybe in terms of his training, in terms of his game to game focus and how he, you know, how he's ready for a game and shift to shift, things like that. And those are the things that the AHL is great for. Yeah. And thinking about that, like a kid coming straight out of college where you played Friday, Saturday, and now you're off for a week and God, you're yeah. on a college campus doing college shit. And then I, ain't, I don't, nothing matters until practice on Wednesday. Like, you know, all of a sudden now you're playing three and three. And guess what? You know what happens after that? You play two and three. Like you're going to have five game weeks, my man. Like it, it probably is a big culture shock for a lot of guys. I don't think. And the like, other two days you're sitting on a bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yes. Yeah, so like it probably is a culture shock. And you go, oh, well, he's 23. This like. Not everyone's on the same trajectory. 22. 22, yeah, okay. Not everyone's on the same trajectory, and, like, a lot of guys, it's not always, oh, he's just out partying too much. Like, a lot of guys have just never had to try that hard because they were always good, and now it's like, oh, shit, I'm a professional. This is <laughs> the first time in my life I've ever had to try. Goddamn millennials. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Number 23, this is a guy, I don't know if I really think he's good or if I'm just really... <laughs> That's an intro. No, or if I, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's that I think he's really good and not getting a chance or that I'm just rooting for him because I like him. Uh, Donnie Martell, I just feel like he kind of didn't get a fair chance with the Flyers last year because he, he, he comes up when he's on an incredible goal-scoring streak at a time when the Flyers couldn't buy a win or a goal, and then he doesn't score, so he gets sent down. But, like, if the puck he put off the crossbar goes in, he stays at least another week, right? I guarantee it. He hangs around a little bit. They they give him a chance, and then maybe he puts two in in a game, and, hey, he's here to stay. Like, I just feel like he's a guy who we haven't fully seen everything out of yet, but I don't know if I'm just trying to convince myself of that because I like his skating in his hands. So I talked about him last week, and this is another guy who missed my list. I, I didn't put him on my top 25 which now that we're like we're three deep and i've only ranked one of these guys i'm wondering who i had that <laughs> just didn't make the list exactly um i i like martel but i like martel at the ahl level um i just don't I, I you know he's got great hands and he's got great speed but he does not have nhl size and and i know that that's a thing that that is kind of in the past it's not you know speedy small wingers are, are still a thing but he just i mean he's my size 
guys, and I'm like five two. So okay, he's not, not, quite, he's not quite that small. He's five uh, foot eight. I he, yeah, five foot eight in air quotes with skates on. Like I've I've stood next to him at one of the Flyers Wives carnivals. Like he is a small guy. Yeah, and that does limit his chances, I guess, because if he's not going to have enough skill to be in the top six, some coaches aren't going to really want to put him. Some coaches like this coach. Yeah, you know, I was actually thinking about that, but Taylor Lear did get a look at one point, and he's not exactly a gigantic dude. And he was on the fourth line. No, he's not. He's small. He was on the fourth line with Walton and Raffle for a while. But, I mean, I mostly have a feeling I agree with you where he just, I don't know if Hacksaw really utilized him down there. But I had Martell 20th just because I love speed, the speed aspect of hockey. Not Yeah. But I think I want him (laughs) to... I don't know if he'll ever actually get a chance because, I mean, like Bill, you were laying out, he kind of had the Flyers had to go on a 10-game losing streak or be in the midst of a 10-game losing streak, and he had to start off the season with 14 goals in 14 games. And then Hextall was like, all right, I guess I'll call you. Like, it took a very lifeless loss at home to Vancouver. I expect him to one day crack an NHL lineup and have a a little career. I don't expect it to be here. But I'm a big fan. I've always, and I've said it for a while, I like the idea of a – just what I call like a burner, like a like a Carl Haglin or Athanasiu or a a Grabner, who you might be getting pounded in possession that game, but they get the puck for one shift and they just go down the ice and score. And then a shot, uh, a shot off the point, yeah, hits and him in the shin pads. He takes it the other way for a for a maybe Martell isn't that. I mean, obviously Martell's probably not that guy, but I think he's I the closest guy the Flyers have in the organization oh, to that. Is I think he that's though? the only reason. I mean, yeah, out I, of the guys that you mentioned, the only one who's now, who's who I know of like their there. stature is um, Grabner, and like he's a big guy. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm th- I think the size is going to hurt Martel. Okay. I think that's going to be ultimately. We're just talking about skill set. I just, I think, sp- like speed wise, I, I just okay. don't think he's that fast. Like yeah. he's, he's a good skater. I don't think he's anywhere near he the level flashes. of Grabner or Athanasiu. Right. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I was saying I'm a big fan of him because he's. I think he's the closest thing. Yeah. In the org. Maybe. I guess. Yeah. But maybe. I, he's got good speed. Yeah. I just. He showed flashes of it against the Islanders. Yeah, I guess. And then, well, I mean, it was four games we're going off of, too. Yeah, so. very small sample size. He would not have been on my list. I don't think I would have given him much consideration. I think what it boils down to for me is just that, like, because everybody always brings up guys like like Johnny Goudreau, which is right. fair. Like, Johnny Goudreau is small, and he's awesome. But Johnny Goudreau also, like, his he has electric skills like he is just more skilled than everyone you know if johnny goudreau was six foot two and 210 he'd be the best player in hockey yeah Yeah. exactly so like like to me because i'm very much against the idea of like well he's small so he has to get pushed down the draft board like i think that's ridiculous but there is something to the point that like if you're small you better be super skilled and I just don't think Martell is super skilled. I think he's skilled, yeah. and I think if he was six foot, he'd be a no-brainer, you know, third liner, maybe even a second liner. But he's not. And I don't think he has anywhere near Johnny Goudreau's skills, so I just don't know if it's ever going to fully translate to the NHL because of it. In a perfect yeah. world for me, because I think it's absolutely asinine that you have to have this roster of players, and then you can't play them all. <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah, we have all these guys. Yeah, you can't. You got to scratch some people. <laughs> What's the fuck? What the fuck's the point of that? Like, like he would not be a guy like I would have 15 forwards and like not all of them are taking regular shifts. But in certain situations, like the idea how we say, because you can't be like you can't just be an all offense guy. You have to be an all defense guy. And because of that. You get zero-dimensional players. It's like, oh, well, he's good at defense, and actually he's good at nothing. He's just good always, at he's nothing. He's just always on defense. Talking so you about think, Sure am. <laughs> not a lot of guys. But just because someone's always on defense doesn't mean they're good at defense. And, like, I don't know. If, if that's the case, why can't you have someone who's good at only offense? And Donnie Martell would factor into that for me. But, but since is that's he not that the world, good is, is yeah. the question that I have. Like, As an extra like Travis guy, Konechny, yes. Is that good? Yes, but Travis yeah. Connect is a first-line player. I'm talking yeah. about a guy who, in my world, would be a yeah. third- or fourth-line player who doesn't play every shift because you don't need to. Yeah, that's. I think that's where I'm coming from. Like, I agree with what you said, Charlie, and, yeah, I don't think he's the most skilled guy, but, I mean, on the fourth line on the team I'd like to run, I'd like to have a guy out there that could 
you know, have some hands. A little I, bit of speed. I like, but, I, like I said, I like you know, him at the it's, AHL It's just level. not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. In the AH, in the AHL, he's got like three twenty goal seasons, I think. Like, and, he does and find it's good. There. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to go yeah. and watch him Help play for, for a Calder Cup next year again. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, be, and I'll be really happy for him. I just don't think that there's a future with him yeah. on the Flyers. I think what hurts him too, and I mean, granted, this problem could solve itself next year or after next year, but then Martell's a year older, and then his path is even tougher to prove he's not a quad-A guy, is that Jordan Wheel, while he's not 5'8", is kind of a similar type guy. And yeah. then, you know, he's a, a guy who dominated the AHL, who's kind of small, who's viewed as a, you know, top nine or bust type of player, and he's behind him, and he's going to stay behind him unless, you know, Wheel were to get hurt and Martell would get called up and blow everyone away, but a lot of things would have to happen for that to happen. I feel like he's... You know, maybe there was a spot for one of these types of guys yeah. to break out of the mold of like, hey, he's not actually just a quad A guy, and Wheel did, and Martell now just makes. Yeah. It. I mean, that's point. what I wrote. I wrote in the article. I just, I don't think he's gonna make it. Yeah. Because there's just no, there's just no space. Number twenty-two, everybody's favorite Strom. Actually, it's it's just Kurt's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he's mine too. I've decided I am all in on Matthew Strom, and okay. he's going to be like a second-line scoring winger in this league. Oh Matthew Strom, number 22. Uh, I had him at 18. Only Steve, uh, your partner, yeah. had him ranked higher than exactly. I did. He actually had him at 16. But in the community, he got a ton of top 10 votes. Did he really? Somebody <laughs> ranked him number one, yeah, and number it one. wasn't Kurt. There was somebody who <laughs> it, ranked him... It, it, Apparently wasn't Kurt. I don't he know did. if I believe it. He got like a couple of like top five votes, including like one at number one, and he got a bunch of top ten votes. Um, I think that's mo- a lot of people just looking at goal scoring number. I think that's a lot of and Oscar hey, look, Lindblom. and then the name, the name. Yeah, and people yeah. know a Strom and all that. And listen, there is something to the fact that. He can't skate, and he's putting up these numbers. (laughs) Imagine if he just becomes okay. Okay, so so before we get into this, because I do want to make this clarification, because some people get all angry with this. Look, Yes, he can skate. Like, yeah, like, he's like, a better like, skater like, than like, I. He, he can skate. Um, he, can keep, he can keep himself upright. He can hold his yeah, own pace. He can hold his own pace-wise in the OHL. Like he's slow in the OHL, but he can keep up with the pace of play in the OHL. So it's not like he literally can't it's skate. Falling over. Wouldn't that that be great, being though? said, <laughs> he is not even close to NHL caliber skating right now. No, um, but I went to one day of Dev Camp because that's all I could all I could tolerate this year. Um, and his skating isn't as newborn deer taking its first steps, but it's still like, it's not good. So I need, this is what I need from everybody that's listening and everybody here um, who is not going to be in the press area whenever he's next in training camp. He'll be at training camp, right? Yeah. So I'll get an invite. training camp, all I need is everybody to make signs and to yell, get your ass down <laughs> at Matthew Strom. It seems mean. No, no, no. It's helping him. This is helping him. It's not mean. This is, we're going to help you with your skating. We are going, we like you. We're going to band together. Get your ass down. Yeah, because like this get dude. Down. Just, just get down. This dude could be excellent if he was like a proficient skater. Like just, just down a little bit, like a little, like a half squat. That's all I, that's all I need from you, Matthew Stroh. When, when I was at dev camp last year. It just looked so fixable. But that's the thing is it looked so bad that like the naked eye could like a not like I'm in no way a skating instructor. I played some hockey, but I am like this is how tall I was in sixth grade. So they had to teach me at five foot ten like, hey, Bill, uh, you're bigger than everyone. You could skate if you get down and use your long legs to stride. And I was like. Oh wow! Now all of a sudden I'm fast and I was slow. Like, <laughs> like it, it looks so obvious to watch him skate and be like, I could fix you. I, Get your ass down. I wonder how much of that because we, we said the same types of things for Oscar Limbloom, did we not? Or kind of like the skating. Oh god, you're problem. you're one of those who says Limbloom. Jesus, that's Limbloom. what his name is. <laughs> oh no, I, I was trying to. Yeah. Jesus but you know, the big thing was skating. Yeah, he yeah. had everything else except for the skating, and I, then yeah, I think the difference between him and Limblom is that uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, Limblom, there wasn't really anything wrong with his technique. He just needed to well, get stronger. Okay. Right, right. So, but the thing is, is I think uh, some people kind of group these two together. Yeah, they did. They heard they absolutely. That, did. The Limbaugh problem was the skating, and then they're like, "Oh, we have Strom, who's got everything except for the skating." Yeah. 
he'll be fine. He'll turn it to another yeah. limb bomb. So I think, and I don't know how easy that, yeah, like you were just saying, I don't know how easy that is to really correct. Because that's something that came up, and I didn't write down who wrote the Matthew Strom article, but uh, was it, it was, Kurt? Of course it okay. was Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think? He, made that. He, he didn't even leave it an option for no. anybody else to write he, it. He did make that point. Like, everyone's looking at it like, oh, well, they fixed Limblom. And yeah. it's like, Limblom had to get faster. Limblom was slow. He wasn't a bad skater. He was a slow skater. Yeah. And that just, it is a lot just like leg strength. You just need to do leg day every day, and you will become a faster skater. I mentioned earlier... Uh, when we were talking about Jay O'Brien, and the reason I'm optimistic is because the Flyers can afford a uh, a, pro- a a project or two. This isn't the days of Shane Gossespierre, or as Charlie said, a- Eric Gustafson, when we are <laughs> dressing you know replacement level players at his position every night. So we are banging on the glass, yelling to please bring up these kids. If Matthew Strom, no, gets- no 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 no, we're banging on the glass, yelling, get your ass down. But not- <laughs> if Matthew Strom gets incrementally better every year and like doesn't get here till 23, it's not the end of the world because we weren't banking on him anyway. He was a four- fourth round pick like it's a it's a you know high high reward fourth round pick but like if it it's a high reward fourth round pick because you look at the numbers and go yo everyone says this kid can't skate and he's like top 10 in scoring what are we doing here uh if he learns to skate a little but i'm optimistic because he just has to get a little better every year it's not like we're dying for him to get here you can just get incrementally better. And then if you're 23 and you're just cracking the NHL, that's fine. No one expected you to get here anyway. You're a fourth round pick. Yeah. So I had him at 19. That's a big jump. Didn't you not have him ranked last year? Mm. I remember we discussed this. That's a really good question. Um, I will look <laughs> into it. Um, I feel like we, we debated this last year around this time. I had him 23rd. I just throwing that out there. You had him 23. I had him ranked. I did. Oh, God. I did 20 in the winter. Um, I think this would have been the summer. Yeah, I prob- I don't have that up easily accessible. I do want to say okay. real quick about Strom. Oh, wait. Do you have it up? N- no, I don't have <laughs> it easily accessible. Um, I have no I idea where it keep, is. Yeah. Uh, Strom was, according to prospect stats, out of 323 OHL forwards, he was third with 54 high danger chances and first with 19 high danger goals. So the guy can get to the net. Well, I mean, if you can't skate that well, yeah, you, you might, might as well just, just park yourself. Front, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finishing is just a skill. Just wobble around, swing at the puck, yeah. Yeah, I, I think my concern with Strom is I feel like I would be higher on him if there was some type of story behind. Like, for example, let's say he started playing hockey late. Like, he's like, unlike some people who start playing hockey when you're in Canada, when you're like four, if he you know, maybe was into basketball when he was young and then started playing hockey at like age 11 or something like that. And I could say, okay, well that makes sense. He does. He just needs time. This is a guy who is part of a family of NHLers who surely has worked with numerous skating coaches. And we were told at dev camp that he has worked with Barb Underhill for two summers, who is like the best skating coach or one of them right now. And he still isn't that good. So I almost just wonder if this is a case of a guy who just can't be fixed. And that's something that Kurt brought up in the article as well, is like, if we all know the problem, and if it is like so easy to see, and everyone can, like th- telling him this is what you need to work on, and skating instructors are just following him around at dev camp the whole time. <laughs> like The fact that it's still, oh, Hextall's like, he needs to jump two levels, because I think that was the quote. Yeah, We just need to get him two levels better. I'm like, so what's his level right now? now like really like, fucking bad like what are we just hoping to get him to and like okay i get it but we went if, from abysmal to really yeah, fucking if, bad if we if we all see it and it still isn't fixed and he's been working on it is it fixable what i think it is eventually do all the strums suck at skating they all they're all pretty bad right isn't they're dylan not they're pretty... not awful they're not this bad yeah. like yeah. i don't think any of them are straight up burners but dylan's got decent speed ryan's got decent they're all big so obviously, like, you're, when you're bigger, it's harder for you to be a, a burner. But yeah. they're, none of them are at this level. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I didn't have him ranked last summer. 
in the winter I had them at 20 and now I have them at 19. Okay, so your jump actually happened in the winter. Yeah, my okay. jump happened Because I remember winter. having this debate last year. Because if you can't skate, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but um, you look at those scoring numbers and just have to think there's something there. And that's exactly what it is. Like, you're looking at the production. I look at the production that he's been able to... 37 goals. Like, he's been able to produce when, like, he's literally skating upright. Like he he's he's like walking. It's so like choppy. It's it's, it's, just, it's really it's choppy. So bad. It's so bad. So like I want good things from Matthew Strom. I believe that he's capable of them. But like, dude, bend your knees. <laughs> I, I think he has a fan base among Flyers fans, like a real booster section, because people just kind of like relate to him. Like, like be, doing a job and being really, really bad at an essential portion of your job. <laughs> like, you're good at some stuff, but, but, like, the one thing that you need. Like, I'm a, I'm a professional talker, and I can't pronounce anyone's name. I, I, I think that... Oh God, I don't even know. I don't even know. Like this is my last my last resort is that we all just need to tell him to get his Cut your life into pieces. Oh, oh you want to pop a roast? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this, this is the wrong group. This conversation <laughs> is suffocation. <laughs> God damn it, Craig. All right. Can we move but, on? No, okay. because we're gonna we're, like my last resort, because he's been working with the skating coach, is literally for everybody to tell him to get his ass down. Or butt if you have children. Like get your butt down. That's it. Like, that's all I can think of. This one, number 21, has not yet been released on BroadStreetHockey.com. Spoilers! So if you're watching live on Facebook, you get the spoiler. Number 21, I have no idea how he made the list. Taylor Lee. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, if Danik Martell made the list, Lear should be ahead of him. (laughs) But one guy I think will score a goal in the NHL one day, and the other has one, and I don't see him getting a second. I, he so, has more than one. Does he? Yes. He has to, right? I think he has two. <laughs> he had one this year. I think he had one last year. I think he has two. I don't. He has yet to score at a, a home goal, I believe. Really? Is that oh, that? It doesn't even count. Yeah, he scored. Five actually, five? actually, he scored one in Martel's first game, and then he scored one to end the 10-game winning streak. You are correct, Craig. Two you goals. Know, you know if you don't Useless score. Useless memory for the, why would I need to know that, but yeah. You know I thought, if I thought you don't he had more than two. a home goal at five on five, it doesn't even count. Yeah, it's not really true. Captain. Yeah. People forget that. But I, I had Lear seventeenth, but that's mainly because I heard shit last the last time we did rankings and I didn't put them on there. So you're I, letting I the crowd get to you, Craig. <laughs> Not really the crowd. Uh, you know, somebody to my left here. <laughs> I just see him as a Craig. I fire you every day. Why are you scared of me? This is the one thing I felt pressure on. So I was like, I just gotta put him on there. I just don't want to. I just don't want to get. And I, I took professional experience into into my list, yeah. and like I have Scott Lawton. I I assume higher than a lot of people, maybe. Uh, but I just really look at and he's someone i was high on when i watched him in the ahl and i just watched him at the nhl this year play like what he played a bunch of games this year and i just saw nothing special there i just saw a guy a guy who maybe is a 13th forward like what's he gonna do is he gonna kill some penalties in the nhl maybe like yeah he can skate. He can skate yeah, a little. He's a good can we give him? Can we do some sort of surgery to give to switch him and Strom and their legs? <laughs> can we somehow switch their lower? This body? has potential. We have the technology. We, have the technology. <laughs> we need to give. We need to give Matthew Strom Taylor Lear's lower half. Um, I just pictured Ron Hextall like in a surgery room. He's like, "Look, we just this guy. He can't. We gotta. We gotta do something." Else. Well, I think there was actually a discussion. This was like one of those. Uh, pro, uh, practice up in the up in the you know the the room we watch practice in and it was like if you could just take taylor lear's legs and give them to yori latera like hey you get a great fourth liner a really good fourth liner, fourth liner like, yeah. you can maybe a second liner i mean i would rather see taylor lear over yori latera don't get me wrong yeah but but he wouldn't make my list if he was under 25 either okay i, I think lear i i had lear at the very end, like probably like 23rd, 24th, 25th, something like that. I don't remember exactly where I would have had him when I did this like mock list, but I, I think he sneaks in because once you're in NHL, like there is the possibility you get better. Right. Guess. And, and, and it does take away the, like the risk factor in comparison to say like a Strom who hasn't even shown he can, he can, you know, he can pull it off in the AHL, let alone the NHL. So I, I get that, but yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical on his upside. I think, I think I left him off last time because he was just starting to get benched. And I, when did we do that? December, January, the winter ones. I don't know. And then just now I was like, well, he was part of the Honeybees line for a while. So like, I <laughs> guess he thing. does have a little 
something there. Although I don't really know if he was, he wasn't really the one He's, driving the bus there. He might have been. I, I mean, all right. So I have him ranked at 15. Uh, 15? Because <laughs> I, I heavily weigh NHL experience. Like that's going to be a thing. That's going to be a theme throughout my ballot. Um, so like, let's just get it out of the way now. You're probably not going to agree with a lot of my rankings because I heavily weigh no, NHL experience. Not bench for you. I do. I do too. Yeah, but that's I not think... the coach. That's not him. <laughs> yeah, I do too. That's I Dave think Haxtell he was a fucking idiot. The one guy that I was just like, I, I don't know if the NHL experience really See, that matters. You were all letting Dave Haxtell get to you. No, I really don't mm, think he's that much of like a. Difference. If he was in the top he's six, an, what would he do? He's an NHL player. Yeah, but yeah. does he need to be in the top six? You need depth, and he's a depth guy yeah. who has proven that Kinda, he can play yeah. and keep up at the NHL level. And that's has more he? than we yes, and that's more than we can say for any <laughs> like, of the other done, dudes. What's he done yeah. to like keep up? He just seems to be a guy who's out there making no yeah, difference. I think whatsoever. that's my thing is the ceiling more. Like I don't really. I mean, that's fine. And we, like, we these other guys, we things. don't. The other guys, we. I think Charlie was like talking about this in the Slack one night. These other guys we really don't know yet. So we they have, have the no benefit idea. of the doubt of just potential and we yeah. can make them out to be whatever we want to be in our minds. But like, yeah, that's why Taylor, I Taylor Lear. Lear all. Because I think I know <laughs> exactly we kind of have a general idea. I mean, Taylor Lear, is, yeah. Lear is right now what he's always yeah. going to be. Like, Stro- like Strom. That's necessarily true. Yeah, Strom- I, that's just what I see. The four guys below him might never play a second more in the NHL. I say more because Danny Martell has played what four I, games? I don't think yeah, he got some time. Yeah. So, like, they could never play another game in the NHL. Taylor Lear will. Like, Taylor Lear will. He is an NHL player, and that's why I have him. Like, he is at least, at least a fourth line NHL player that can that can play on a team that actually rolls four lines as opposed to just a, a fourth line grinder fighter. That's fair. He's not a goal board. We we're, we're, right. we're confident that he's not a goal. Board. Exactly. Did he get any votes? Um, I have I no idea. To vote for him, so. <laughs> he's he's got to have some boosters in there's the community. Gotta be, there's yeah. there's got to be the somebody. community had to have voted for. One flyer with heart, Goldborn, and that's it. <laughs> there's got to be. But you call him Goldborn or something, I guess. <laughs> um, last but not least, I guess we'll just do this to wrap it up. NHL Network counted down the top twenty centers in the league. Uh, top two, not all that big a surprise. McDavid and Crosby coming in at number eighteen is third line setter at best, Sean Couturier. <laughs> Never gonna break forty points. <laughs> Um, he still has never had a 40 point season. I, a lot of people are saying that they're comfortable with him being at 18. I, I'm, I'm pleased that he was at least included. I'm having a match with him. I was convinced he wasn't going to There yeah. was a good chance that he wasn't. I don't really take a lot of stock into these NHL network lists. They're putting out a list because it's August. Yeah, like it's we, August. Like it's really you know, it's a list to do We're a having the same problem we are, just yeah. trying to create content. <laughs> I mean, listen, they're the NHL network, and we're four people in a recording studio, and somehow we're creating better content. <laughs> After this week, Broad Street Hockey is probably going to be all lists until training camp. So, Listicles, like, baby. Click for next. Let's not, uh, <laughs> let's not talk trash on some lists here. Uh, the one thing I did find funny about this list is Tavares at 10 and Stamkos at 11 because you have to put the guy who did go to the Leafs over the guy who chose <laughs> to stay in Florida. So. I, I don't know. I think John Tavares is better than number 10. Um, I, I think he is, too. I think Jack Eichel's garbage should not be on this list. List. I knew that take was coming. Personal. <laughs> that's a personal. That's not a well, stat Also, Kuznetsov above Backstrom was a little surprising, but Kuznetsov did have... And Kuznetsov is kind of the first line yeah, center. He, is, yeah. I mean, he was with Ovechkin a lot of this year, and he's just, I just... He's young. He's more in his prime than Backstrom is now. I think yeah. the main thing with me was just the, the William Carlson at 17. Yeah, he should not pretty... be above Couturier. Yeah, I just he thought should. that was funny because they were like, eh, both these guys had one good year, and they are like, let's put Carlson there. Yeah, had, Couturier like... had a bunch of good years. This was his first great his... year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Carlson has had a bunch of whatever years, and then this what one great year. What was his career high before in goals? Like not high. Five? Not very many. Yeah, it was. He was like a like a scratch for Columbus. Yeah, he was on the maybe the fourth line. I would put out of the people that were that were put above Couturier, I would comfortably put Couturier ahead of Carlson, Barzell, and Barkov. Okay, Barkov because I think like yeah, maybe yeah. Barkov's previous years were a little bit better, but I think Couturier was better than Barkov this year. Barzell just has the one year. I want to see it more, I th- and I think Couturier over Carlson's a slam dunk. I think Barkov just gets a lot of love too because he's uh 
he seems to be the uh, the old beat writer's favorite type of player. I feel like he should, a lot. should be. They're the same kind yeah, of player. Yeah. Oh no, he should be. Yeah, but I think too but many Barkov staff people looks love. thicker and yeah. hits more. So it's like oh, and, oh, and Kachuri is yeah. a little shy. Yeah. So he's got the, he's yeah. got the missing teeth though. You think they'd like? I will. That hockey, yeah. is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Thank you so much for joining us on Facebook Live. To all you joined us uh, for the show. When we do it, uh, for everyone else who's listening throughout the week, thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>